0: in a world where medical doctors cover up your symptoms with drugs you need a better way look no further you found it the freedom from pharmacy podcast the freedom from pharmacy podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as medical advice always consult a physician when trying to get off a prescription medication Welcome to the Freedom From Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Brian Showalter. I am certified in holistic nutrition. I am not a doctor, and these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration to prevent, cure, or treat any disease. All right, I wanted to talk about milk today because you looking around on health topics, you'll either see that milk will kill you or it's the elixir of life. So I wanted to talk about the objections and what's really good in milk. Uh, the biggest objection in milk is always going to be the antibiotics. Now I'm going to shock you now but listen to me whether it's regular or organic milk neither has antibiotics in it. I'll say that again neither has antibiotics in it. Every tanker of milk is tested at the plant before it gets unloaded and if any tanker tests positive, that tank of milk gets sent back and the farmer has to spread it on his fields because no one will take it. I see sometimes that a person gets upset about their neighbor's dog getting into one of their meat rabbits. What is that, like a $20 loss? How would you think a farmer would react at a loss of 5,000 gallons of milk? Don't you think that they would be dang sure that no antibiotics got in the milk? You better believe it. The tests that they use for antibiotics are so sensitive that they detect antibiotic residue down to 5 parts per billion. That's a real tiny, small amount. That's like finding a misplaced period in 5,000 pages of text. If one cow got treated with antibiotics and her milk got mixed with the milk of 1,200 cows, that test would still pick it up. So this whole thing about antibiotics in the milk has to stop. I sometimes read comments on, like, memes that I see online, and I, I look at some of these that are on milk, and I look at the comments. One person commented, like, yeah, they put a pump on the cow that slowly drips antibiotics into the cow. It's horrible. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Even if antibiotics were allowed to be in the milk supply, which they're not, that antibiotic pump that's supposed to be on the cow would last less than a day before that cow had that pump off of its body wherever they put it and broken and on the floor and stepped on. Now I don't know how much one of these imaginary pumps cost but imagine putting them on a whole herd of cows. I mean we're talking real expensive stuff. It's just stupid. It, it, antibiotics aren't even allowed in the milk supply. So it's just completely ridiculous. Another argument is hormones in the milk. Now, I'm not sure how much of a problem this is anymore. Uh, In 2010, the percentage of farmers using uh, BST, which stands for bovine somatropin, was around 18%, and it seems to have dwindled down a lot since then because the milk processing plant that's closest to me won't take milk from farms who had that given to them, and they buy milk from out of state. That's how big they are uh but anyways bovine somatropin this is this is the hormone that the cow naturally produces to make milk and what they do is they engineered an e coli bacteria to produce this hormone so that it rapidly produces a lot of this hormone and then they then they can take that hormone and inject it into the cow and then the cow will produce more milk and it does uh, produce more milk but cow doesn't live as long as a normal cow would and like I said I don't know how much of a problem this is anymore 18% is pretty small and it's smaller than that so now another argument against it is farmers mistreat their animals um, well cows melt better when they're happy so it's counterintuitive to mistreat your own animals If a farmer did not care about their animals, do you think they would spend tens of thousands of dollars on fans to keep them cool in the summer? Or would they spend tens of thousands of dollars on mattresses and water beds for them to sleep on? Now I'm not joking. You can look up cow water beds. What they are, they're two sheets of rubber with water filled in the center of them. And the mattresses are chopped up car tires with a cover over top of them, and this is industry standard. And it's either those two or they have um, beds that are made with sand. So it's like the cow's sleeping on the beach. Now, and the equipment to handle sand bedding runs in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So does that sound like the farmer does not care about his animals? Now the people who are saying this, were you out there at 1 in the morning delivering a calf in negative 10 degree weather? I mean, dairy farmers are some of the hardest working people in the world. They don't get weekends off or holidays, and it's usually on Christmas morning when their equipment breaks down and they can't get parts to fix it. And it's the ingenuity and brilliance of the farmers to think outside of the box and rig up something something to keep them going until the next day that they can get parts because it's everybody else that takes holidays off. They can't get support when everybody else is off. I saw a video, it's one of those videos online, talking about how bad agriculture is. Uh, and one of the videos shows cows standing in deep manure. And I've been on many dairy farms that had hundreds to thousands of cows, and I've not seen that before. My guess is the automatic alley scrapers had broken down, and it was probably on a Saturday night when, when it broke down. And they probably filmed that on a Monday morning before they got parts that could fix their equipment. So there's actually, farmers are incentivized to keep the cows clean because the every tanker of milk that goes in gets tested. A couple tests are plate counts, PI counts, and somatic cell counts and all of these can be related to cow cleanliness and the lower these counts are the more bonus money that they get uh, in their milk check. So they they get a base milk price for their milk and if your milk is higher in quality they, get, they put on a little extra bonus so there's an incentive there for the farmers to keep their cows clean and this brings up another subject uh, the somatic cell count and if you read on health stuff online they'll be like there's pus in milk this is what they're talking about it's somatic cell count and basically Every cow has it, whether the cow is healthy or not. Human breast milk has somatic cell counts. This is not something that you need to be worried about. Typically, a healthy animal's somatic cell count would be between 70,000 and 120,000 somatic cell count numbers. Most dairy farms' average somatic cell counts are under 200,000. Europe actually put a ban on their milk. To, that they wouldn't take uh, milk that had somatic cell count over 450,000, I believe it was. Uh, so that really doesn't affect very many people because it's most of them are, are below those numbers. And sometimes in the summer, those numbers get higher because the bacteria uh, is more active when it's warmer. But really, it, somatic cell counts in human breast milk, so I mean... This is not something that you need to be worried about. Um, Some of the characteristics of milk that you buy in stores, it's pasteurized and homogenized. Pasteurization, they they heat the milk up because they think that they need to kill anything that's in the milk. The idea is nice, but flaws with that thinking, I'll mention that later. But what this does is it kills the enzymes that are in the milk, and these enzymes help you digest that milk and when you kill these enzymes you end up with people getting lactose intolerant (laughs) oftentimes kids that have chronic ear infections this is a result of them drinking milk Um, people have been drinking raw milk on the other hand for thousands of years but the FDA says it's not safe and yes this is the same FDA that says pharmaceutical drugs are safe when they kill 106,000 people every year and hospitalized 2.2 million that's the JAMA 1998 figure and that figure's gone up since then so really if the FDA says something it really doesn't mean anything at all the CDC in, on June 22, 2011 data gleaned from the US government website and the government sanctioned reports on foodborne illnesses show that the risk of con- contracting foodborne illness by consuming raw milk is much smaller than the risk of becoming ill from other foods. Raw milk, there's actually a lot of benefits to drinking raw milk. Um, The Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology says it can actually help prevent colds, viruses, and respiratory tract infections from forming in kids, as opposed to the commercially processed milk, which provides little to no benefits. Compounds in raw milk that fight infections include lactoperoxidase, Lactoferrin, leukocytes, Macrophages, Neutrophils, Antibodies, Medium Chain Fatty Acids, B12 Binding Protein, and Beneficial Bacteria. Lots of good stuff in there. Uh, the Lancet in 2001 found the drinking raw milk protected against asthma and allergies. Raw milk was found to help lower C-reactive protein levels, which are directly associated with inflammation raw milk works against inflammation while processed milk may promote it due to its altered proteins see when you heat your proteins you change their shape and when you put these these proteins with different shapes put them in the body the body can't really understand what it's getting so i mean it it's not a benef- as much benefit to them because the body doesn't really recognize what the protein is whereas where if it's raw, it can recognize the protein. In the early 1900s, the Mayo Clinic administered what they called the milk cure, which consisted in drinking four to five quarts of raw milk per day, obtaining favorable favorable results for a range of illnesses including cancer, weight loss, kidney disease, allergies, skin problems, urinary tract problems, prostate problems, chronic fatigue, and these results are not obtained by using pasteurized milk. Some of the healthy cultures that Weston A. Price found in the 1930s consumed raw milk. Uh, oftentimes, raw milk or full-fat milk is demonized because of its fat content. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast at any length of time, you know I railed on, on medical doctors and their bad science on saturated fats over and over and over again. Now, I've mentioned the history of the demonization of fat with Ansel Keys traveling to the Mediterranean in the the 1950s and looking at what they were eating when he visited, which happened to be during Lent, and they were fasting from all animal and dairy products, but uh, he forgot to mention that in his report. But he came convinced of this Mediterranean diet, which was low in saturated fats, and Ignored all of the other countries who were healthy and eating saturated fats, uh, concerning heart disease, and eventually, and since he was on the board of Procter and Gamble and on the board of the American Heart Association, when Procter and Gamble paid American Heart Association one point something million dollars to uh, demonize saturated fats and promote um, polyunsaturated fats and oils, so that they could sell Crisco. As a healthy alternative, but when it comes to the history of demonization of saturated fats and milk, I'm not sure about this. Um, I have a theory, and I have no evidence to support it. It's just an idea that I came up with. When you take the butter and the cream out of the milk to make ice cream and to make butter, you're left with the skim milk, and it's basically a waste product. And my theory is, is that Um, manufacturers brainstormed and came up with a way that they could sell this waste product and that plan was to convince people that it was to convince people that skim milk was healthier than full fat milk and uh, that took hold and I've never heard anybody suggest that it's just a theory that I had and it seems to make sense I mean, maybe they just took advantage of the opportunity that was already presenting itself with um, the country supporting a low-fat diet, which that diet has completely failed, and you can tell by how sick everybody is. Um, Saturated fats are so good for you. Saturated fats come from animal products, and you get, for every 8 ounces of milk you drink, you get 8 grams of fat. That's pretty darn good. You also get 8 grams of protein, too. And there's actually some bodybuilders who will drink a gallon of milk a day because it's, it's a cheap form of protein. Now, if you're new to the whole raw milk world, you may not know that raw milk is illegal in many states in the U.S. The government cracks down on anybody who sells raw milk and they even set up stings to catch people selling raw milk and if you get caught selling raw milk you lose your milk license which means you lose your entire source of income and guess what you those cows still have to be milked whether you're getting paid for them or not they still need to be fed etc so it's devastating to a farmer to be even try to sell raw milk where it's illegal to sell raw milk and as I mentioned they set up stings uh... their undercover agents posed as needy people and went to an Amish farmer and asked if he could buy some of his milk and the Amish was hesitant to do it and said no we'll just give you the milk because a lot of Amish just are are kind at heart and just want to help you out and he just he's he like, I'll just give you the milk you look like you need it so um... The agent was insistent, and then it, he said, "Well, how about I just give you give a donation to the farm?" And then the Amish w- was like, "Oh, well, okay, I guess guess we could do that." So he did it, and guess what? That happened. Yeah, he lost his milk license. This comes from your government. It pisses me off so badly, and they've done even worse. They've even SWAT teamed places because of things like this. So, if there's any uh, activists out there listening and I think milk's a great product and want to help make milk available, the first step would be to get raw milk legalized and uh, it's going to be an uphill battle, terribly hard uh, but I think I believe that raw milk would be a better first step than trying to get convince people to transition from uh, a conventional dairy farm to an organic dairy farm. I believe conventional dairy. Farm milk that's raw can provide more benefits to people than or an organic dairy milk that's processed. And I know transitioning from a conventional dairy farm into an organic dairy farm is going to be very difficult for many and probably most dairy farmers. A couple of reasons for that is most dairy farmers are are over the age of sixty, and once you get that old, you get set in your ways and it's hard to learn how to do things differently they've been doing this same this for their whole lives and they know how it works and you're trying to convince them to do something that they don't understand how to do and then there's the regulations that come along with becoming a certified organic dairy it means you have to stop putting on your chemical fertilizers and your herbicides which means the farmer has to completely relearn a new way of farming that he's used to I mean it's going to be better but it's it's going to be a hard transition to to do and it's organically transitioning um, not as an organic dairy but it's organically as a naturally transitioning Once uh... people are seeing people can make money by organic being an or- organic dairy because the uh... price of organic dairy milk is about twice that of conventional dairy milk so the loss in productivity that they get from their fields and through some of the other uh, things that they do they can still make money by doing that so it, it is possible to make money doing organic dairy but it's, it's changing your whole paradigm of how you're thinking so other things that they have to do to transition to an organic dairy I mentioned chemical fertilizer and herbicides but once you stop you have to it takes three years of not doing that in order to get or certified organic so that farmers taking a loss for three years until he can get organically certified that's an incredible challenge and most people don't have the kind of money sitting around to buffer that kind of loss other things to consider in order to be an organic dairy you have to have a certain amount of pasture acres and the cows have to be out on pasture for a certain amount uh, for most of the year which gets difficult because in the wet season the cows are out there tearing up the pasture but in the dry season there's nothing growing out there and the cows have to get a certain percentage of their f- feed from the pasture. And then nothing's growing in winter, which they do allow. I think it's like they have to be out on pasture for like 180 days or something like that out of the year. But there's another thing. Most dairy farmers, their land is not in one place. They probably have a farm down the road. And you can't take your cows down the road to graze them and then bring them back to milk. It just doesn't work that way. So it's it's a big challenge. And I don't know if there's a solution to it, but I'm just telling you how these things work so that you're not putting so much blame on the farmers when they're really in a position where they can't really change things even if they wanted to in some cases. Ideally, the average herd size would be 60 cows and they'd be on on 100-acre farms and it'd be family-run but that's just not the way that it is today and most people are not going to want to work on a dairy farm and many of the people who do farm dairy farm labor are mexicans because they want to do the work standard americans don't want don't want to do that so there's the other problem uh... people don't want to do that kind of work um... so i think that's all i have for you on this subject if you're interested in some uh, organic dairy products and not quite sure where to go, you can go to freedomfrompharmacy.com and click on the link. I'm going to post the link of the Longevity's Beyond Organics line. This is the line that was uh, started by Jordan Rubin who cured himself from Crohn's disease. Uh, he raises his own dairy cattle and uh, has special breeding practices so that they're producing at an ancient type of milk. It's technical, it's called A2 and it's type of uh, protein in the milk and most dairy milk is A1 and uh, they culture them so they have probiotics. Uh, Some of the products are called Amasi and uh, Swero V and there's cheeses as well. So this is Brian are signing out, we'll see you next time. To see the products mentioned in this show, head over to freedomfrompharmacy.com and look at this episode's show notes, and you can see all of the Longevity products by clicking on the store tab. The Freedom From Pharmacy podcast is owned by EasyWay LLC and is under Ohio Revised Code 4759.10i.